This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 854 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today, boy, what a treat we have. 854 episodes, and this is the first time we've interviewed not just Good Neighbor Bob Kessler, but his company, Dog Mentalist. That's right. Dog Mentalist. Bob, how you doing? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm excited here. I've, I, I, I can't say in all my years I've ever met a dog. I mean, it, are you both a dog mentalist and your company is called Dog Mentalist? Or, or, okay, so I can sure. refer to you as a dog mentalist. All right. You can well, because it's my, it's, it's my word. I, I, I invented it and, and I and, sort of have it sort of copyrighted in that, in that sense. Because um, I, I conceived of this from from training uh, dogs and becoming an animal behaviorist. So yeah. when I realized that I had uh, sort of fused these two things together, because they aren't necessarily the same. Someone could be an academic, uh, and but what I what I enjoy most doing is getting people to become dog mentalists. Even though I own the word, it can be used freely <laughs> for people <laughs> to sort of get into the mind of the dog first, and then we can train the dog. That's that's how it works. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're very generous with the with the dog mentalist work. We only allow generous folks on the Good Neighbor podcast, so I didn't want to have to end this early. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so. Fill us in on, on what you're doing there. Well, I have a national business in that it's online. And by the way, for some reason, my, my video is frozen. So uh, you, you just, I don't well, know. Well, the it's good news is we're only uh, uh, recording on the audio. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I won't worry then. Uh, no, in no. any event, it, 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 it's an online uh, business. It's virtual. All training is done online. Uh, of course, there's a fee for it. And uh, it's a 28-day program. And in that program, I supplement all of the sessions with texting, with videos, uh, either mine or the client's. Uh, to make sure everything is done uh, according to the program uh, as as I've conceived it. I sort of uh, conceived it during COVID when um, I couldn't personally visit. And this has opened up a whole the whole country, really, to dog mentalism and what I mean by it. And uh, taking the sessions has been uh, quite a uh, uh, a journey that I've taken. And it's really something that I, I'm ex- excited about. Yeah. Speaking of that journey, it, it's quite an interesting journey. Fill our listeners in on that, how you got to where you are. Okay. Well, um, as a child, uh, there were still wild dogs roaming the streets of the cities that I lived in. And as a young child with an older brother, we used to get around and we used to I guess you'd say dog nap puppies because they were having puppies, these uh, dog packs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love bringing them home 
My mom, of course, said, get that dirty dog out of here, and I'd have to return these puppies. But I had a relationship at a very young age with, which was essentially a, a wild puppy. And I became fascinated. Uh, and although I may not act it or look it, I am kind of old. <laughs> at that, and at that time, there was no such thing as animal behaviorism. There was Pavlov and uh, B.F. Skinner, who had done work with uh, dogs. But it wasn't until the last 30 years that they've done a lot of research and uh, gotten into the mind of the dog. So um, I became a trainer because of my infatuation. I sort of switched over to people. And professionally, I, be I became a social worker, working with the mind of people, and an attorney. And uh, as soon as I... Um, I got married at the ripe old age of 22. Uh, I got my first German Shepherd dog. And that sort of set me on the path of dealing with a very smart dog. I had uh, quite a few German Shepherds in my lifetime. And uh, this infatuation with dogs and training started to take shape when I became an attorney. So I uh, kept dogs in my life through training and owning several at a time. Uh, and as it, as it turns out, I uh, became a professional trainer just about the same time I became an, an attorney as a hobby. And I sort of worked my way up uh, through uh, breed handling, dog shows and things like that, and then obedience. And I started doing group classes and going to pe people's homes in the early 80s. And I continued doing that uh, using the traditional methods of training at the time. But as I said, in the 30 years that transformed dog training, reward-based training became the thing instead of punishment involved in the training, jerking mm -hmm. the dog around with a choke collar or yes. uh, pun. It's known as tradition. I call it traditional training. And I sort of yeah. what they call crossed over to a new and different kind of training, which is based on operant conditioning, not traditional conditioning like Pavlov did. But this is developed by a fellow named B.F. Skinner, who took rewards as the basis of his training. And I discovered this in the early 2000s by 2000. 14, I became an animal behaviorist where I actually studied with a degreed behaviorist as a mentor. Um, by the way, I had changed my law. I, I really got, uh, I was a trial attorney for a long time, criminal trial attorney and personal injury. And I sort of changed the character of my practice to animal rights at the end of my career when I became an animal behaviorist. So I sort of fused my my law practice and my uh, my uh, interest in animals and uh, behavior uh, i always say that being an attorney was like a human behaviorist you, you you get to learn a lot of tricks on how to get people to say and do certain things so my program is sort of based on a lot of different things that dogs understand that people don't know that dogs understand and that's how you become a dog mentalist. Wow. You, you, you find out a little bit more about the brain of the dog, the mind of the dog, 
the mentalism of the dog and then you train the dog. And that's what I bring to people today through my program, yeah. which is... Uh, now, you mentioned earlier your German Shepherd being a smart dog. Do you find that some dogs think differently than others? Or, or? Absolutely. That's why in my, in my, as a dog mentalist, what I, one of the first recommendations I make to people is to get a DNA test on their dog. Hmm. Uh, we, 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 we learn, we've learned how powerful DNA is. Everybody in a trial, a criminal trial, wants DNA. They, that's the meat of what the show trials are all about oftentimes. Right. So right. Uh, when we um, find out the breeds of the dog, we'll find out an awful lot, medical included. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. How about mis misconceptions? That's probably a few of them in your industry. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because... Uh, one of the lar uh, biggest misconceptions is perpetrated by uh, who's known as the dog whisperer and it's not not uh, this nonsense about domination and being the alpha. Uh, that That's a uh, I'll use the word bastardization of another, you know, of, of wolf mentality that that he's perpetrating on the people. Uh Dogs don't regard humans as alphas. I mean, they're humans. The dog, the alpha that we have created uh, in uh, in our uh, analysis of the wolf has to do with dominance and submission. And it's a it, it, it usually what people need to worry most about is how their dog reacts around other dogs because people love to take their dogs to dog parks. And, think their yeah. dog needs to socialize with another dog, which is another myth. <laughs> so th these myths are, are what the dog business is built on, really. And I'm not here to dispel any myths. I'm here to uh, show where the, the myth comes from and what the reality of the uh, dog's uh, mind is about. And it's not as complicated as it's actually very simple. You just need to get into it with me and I'll break it down for you. Love it. Love it. So how about outside of the business? What are you doing for fun? Well, what I've always done, <laughs> um, you know, they say in this lifetime, if you love what you're doing, you're not working. So, uh, you know, I had, a uh, I've had quite a varied life. Um, I've been in the military. I guess I worked in the military because I, I didn't love being in the military. It wasn't for me. Uh, you know, going to war is not what I, maybe I had it when I was a romantic little boy. You know, you think you're going to be a soldier one day and maybe even be a hero. And then when the reality hits, uh, you look at it a little differently. So uh, having, having said that, um, I, I enjoy working with people. I told you I became interested in psychology at an early age. And uh, as a social worker and graduating college with a degree in social science, I continued in that field until I discovered law. And when I discovered law, that, that was what people had always asked me, why don't I become a lawyer? It just sort of happened, 
not knowing what lawyers actually did, I became one. And uh, so once I became a lawyer, I never worked another day in my life. I loved doing what I did. I did it as a public defender. I did it as a private uh, lawyer and then a little more public lawyer with the um, animal law. Uh, I just took a great interest in that. And that I was on the board of the Baltimore Humane Society, which is the largest no-kill shelter in Maryland. So I became active in that and other aspects of animal rights. So um, I have dogs. I've always had dogs. I continue to have my dogs. I devote a lot of time to that. That's my one big interest, dogs. And the other D, D used to be defend dance. And the other D is dancing. I'm a ballroom dancer. So um, my wife and I um, do it quite often and uh, continue to do that. So between all the activities that I do, uh, that's it. And I, the training is, is a very, very big part of my life. I do it as often as I can. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.